Every week on Brunch, we'll be featuring our guest of the week. These guests are often familiar voices on RTHK. Throughout the week, we'll get to know them a bit better. We'll find out about their childhood and hobbies and some of the defining moments of their lives. This week, I'm really pleased to be joined by renowned liver expert, Professor Lai Ching Lung. Professor Lai has been teaching at the University of Hong Kong for over 50 years, and he's well known for his in-depth study into hepatitis and all diseases related to the liver. But not only is he famous for his teaching and knowledge, but also his impeccable dress sense, which he says is well-loved by his patients and students. So this week, we'll be following his life story. So, Professor Lai, yesterday we talked a little bit more about your childhood. Let's talk about your journey in becoming a, a doctor. Now, you are a renowned liver expert, a hepatologist. What made you want to specialize in this area? Actually, I, I, I'm mostly specializing in internal medicine in general. Yeah, but hepatology is my special research. The reason is actually when, at the time when I graduated in the 1970s, uh, 19, late 1960s, there were a lot of liver diseases of unknown etiology. And then it's actually the hepatitis B was first discovered in 1968. So it's just two years before I graduated. And then and our, the whole fact, our department is actually very oriented towards the liver as well as blood diseases. Actually, I wanted to do both, but um, eventually I chose the liver, which I think is a lucky thing because by then, uh, slowly, slowly, hepatitis B, its origin, etc., transmission, and the vaccines, uh, and then treatment were developed since the 1970s and then the 1990s. Before you started teaching at HKU, you also went overseas to the UK. What was that experience like? I started teaching before I actually went to the UK. Oh, okay. well, yeah, yeah, after, immediately after the house office, uh, the year of, as an intern. So you started teaching straight away? Yeah, yeah. Uh, th that wow. was in 1971, yes. I was engaged as a, a junior lecturer, of course. But it's, it's fun. I can make, I mix up very, I mix very well with my students. And, and they were actually older than me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you must have been so young as well. They were older than you. <laughs> <laughs> What was that like, teaching older students? Um, the same, I presume. <laughs> they, they, I think we, we play together, we eat together, etc. So it's fun. Yeah. And then only only in uh, the fifth year, uh, four, fourth year after I graduated, did I go to the UK. Um, Edinburgh. like an exchange? Uh, no, it's almost a necessity in those days. You, and First, to, to get the further degree, the MRCP was not available in Hong Kong then. And then um, you're supposed to go abroad to swim around. For, Widen your horizons. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that experience? Had you been to Edinburgh before? Uh, no, no. But Edinburgh is a small city, but it's beautiful. And what I really like about it is the Edinburgh Festival in the summertime, three weeks. That's what I look forward to. And then and I, I, I started to, li to like um, classical music uh, uh, second year after I graduated. And then I started to love operas and then, wow, it was wonderful. And I even take trains almost every Sunday, um, weekend to go to Covent Garden, Royal Opera House. Wow, yeah, it's so close. Everything is so easy yeah. to get to. And yeah. 
I've only been to Edinburgh once, but it's such a beautiful medieval city. Yeah. All the architectures. Were, yes, but yeah. it is small though. Yeah. Yes. It's got, uh, you can see one main street only, actually. <laughs> yes. The Royal Mile. But, <laughs> but that's where the Queen's coffin has been resting. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't expect, you know, such a big reaction in Hong yeah. Kong that so many people love and remember the Queen. Yeah, she, I don't exactly know her, but um, I know she's obviously quite benign. Very well respected. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I think that the, the general consensus is she's so timeless. Sorry, I'm still referring to her in present tense. She, yes, just was yeah. so timeless and didn't expect her to, yeah. to just leave. I, I just don't know what Charles is going to be. I, I Sorry, King Charles III is going to be like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, 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 we'll have to wait to see. So back to you, you teaching here in Hong Kong. Did you enjoy teaching right away? Did you yeah, know I did. that? Yeah, I did. Even before I go to university, I, I took what you call coaching lessons for youngsters. Oh, and I usually give a long, long talk. I'm supposed to teach for one hour, and then usually it lasts for two to three hours. I think the the girl who was being co coached by me must be bored to death. <laughs> were there? Uh, how big was the class? I mean, how many students were there uh, in uh, studying for medicine? In my in my days, when I first graduated, it was hundred twenty. Now it's actually more than double. Yeah. Now I think the government is wanting more doctors. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. But hundred twenty is still it's difficult for us to get into. Yeah. Wow. And it's it's. I think you mentioned three hundred now. That's a lot of students. No, no, like, two hundred and fifty. Oh, two hundred and fifty. We've got CU making together uh, together five hundred. But they intend. I think they intend to increase it into two hundred and eighty at least per university. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you still sort of t teach a lot of students right now as well. We'll talk about sort of the plight that frontline doctors face uh, later on. Uh, before we talk about that, uh, let's also talk a little bit more about the, the challenges you find with teaching. Uh, not that many challenges. Once actually I've prepared the lectures, I'm usually still very nervous actually, even though I've been teaching that particular lecture for over 30 years. I usually still am quite nervous. What I don't you, know. What are you it's, nervous about? I don't know. It's just me. I'm just. This is why I'm so thin. Would you say you were an anxious person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember once in two o five when I was supposed to give a state of art lecture for the, for four weeks. I actually could hardly sit for more than two hours per night. Really? Wow. Yeah. Actually, anxiety can affect you in sort of different ways. Some people like to eat some people can't <laughs> sleep some people will sort of drink lots of coffee so it's it affects us differently yeah yeah well you're the professor you know more than any of your student but still I you hope so <laughs> <laughs> but still before you do the deliver the lecture you still feel the nerves yeah yeah even though as i said even though i, re, I have been repeating the same lecture for years and years and years i still feel nervous yeah what do you do to calm those nerves then no um I don't know, actually, it used to be... Maybe a, just have a shot of alcohol. No, no, I wouldn't dare. Um, but, but, but once I go, go actually into the lecture, I tend to subside a little bit. Okay, that's really I, good. I, previously, I used to take some tranquilizers, but I thought I listened to a recorded recording uh, of my delivery. I don't think it affected me at all, so I skip it. And okay. Just, oh, what sort of tranquilizers? Some um, something like valium and uh, oh, okay. And do you find it? It doesn't affect you afterwards. No, no, no. I'm no. Okay, because I guess you were so anxious that 
that just calms you to, yeah. to a normal sort of typical level. Well, I don't know. In spite of that, I was still very nervous, and and that's why I thought it was useless. So I just gave it up. Um, do you get nervous when you're doing exams or when you're sitting exams? When I am the um, candidate, yes. But when I'm the examiner, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm afraid that the candidate may be too bad. <laughs> So you started teaching, Professor Lai, since 1971. That's over 50 years. That's 51 yeah. years this year. Yeah. So how many students have you taught? Must be nearly 10,000, if not more. 10,000 students. And yeah. they're now sort of gone on to doctors. So most doctors that we know here in Hong Kong who went to HKU would be yeah. all, at some point. All of them should know me, except for the two years when I was in Edinburgh. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you always want to teach? Yeah, yeah. As I said, I, even in middle school, I like to teach. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's fun sharing knowledge with people. And it, it is actually fun if you get, into, get them into the right track. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the best way. To, it's, your legacy lives on. You know, it's with not your, my legacy, it's just their <laughs> brain. <laughs> well, you're, but also the way you coach them to think. I think you're an empathetic doctor as well. And that's the sort of doctor that you want to train. Knowledge is one thing. You can only teach so much. But then, you know, the, the empathy and everything is also... Can, can that be taught? No, I can only show them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't tell them to be empathetic. Well, you can tell them, but they, they may not do it. That well, they can try to do it, but a lot of yeah. the times you can model that behavior if yeah. they see yeah. that. You know, that's how you even talk towards to them. Make sure they know that I'm actually empathetic towards them, even though I see I like to joke and tease them, but still. I think they, most of them like it, though. Well, uh, maybe in tomorrow's episodes, we'll talk about your empathy and how that's extended to the patients as well.